0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Let's catch up. An NFL podcast with Taylor Bashotti And Sam Batesh. Where we talk about the biggest headlines in the NFL. So, Taylor, you know what? Let's catch up. It's been too long. Yeah, we really should.
0: Blue Liar. Taylor, wow, wow, wow. Let's catch up. You had a big, ridiculous day. And, and then you came home even to see more ridiculousness. But please, can you just try to explain your Chargers, us, Taylor? You have a very nice inside look at that team. But I know that Super Bowl prediction is looking a
1: little weak right now. That's all right.
0: Long season.
1: Long season, right? That extra game is going to hopefully help them out. But the Patriots just have the Chargers number in every category, especially when it comes to Justin Herbert. Last year was their worst loss in franchise history. These are two of Justin Herbert's worst losses. They just have a way of just getting to them and rattling them. It's funny because usually when Justin Herbert gets himself into these like really close game, fourth quarter comeback predicaments, you never really worry about him. Like, you're always thinking, okay, great, I'm so excited to see what he's going to do next. This was the first time that I think I even tweeted it during the game. Like, Justin Herbert looks rattled. He looks so frustrated because he is the engine of that offense. And the offensive line was not protecting him, and he just seemed like he was trying to get the ball off as quickly as he could, and he couldn't make anything happen. He looked frustrated, rattled. Any adjective that you can put in there, it was not a good... It was not a good game for the Chargers. They actually started off strong. You know, they started off, their offense was moving the ball, and then they just hit hit a complete lull.
0: It didn't really make sense at all what happened after halftime. And Taylor, I I don't know what happened in that locker room, you know, what what happened with New England, and clearly Belichick's got some answers on that. I
1: have got to think that they decided to start running the ball because the Chargers, I mean, exploit what the Chargers weaknesses are. They're the last range run defense. And before halftime, they were not really running the ball that much. And finally, I think Bill Belichick comes out half, halftime with his team. And immediately they start calling all these run plays and they're just running all over the Chargers last range run defense.
0: And then, and then you called it with Herbert, you know, this kryptonite. It was the worst game of his career the last year, the 45 nothing. And then, and then follows it up with Stinker today. But he gets the ball in that situation in the fourth quarter. And you and I are thinking the same thing. Here we go, Chargers game winning drive. And instead, it's the way on the pick six, which felt so unlikely in the moment. But now, when you look at the totality of those two games he's played against New England, Belichick, it's not quite the rookie quarterback thing because clearly Herbert's not a rookie anymore. But there's right. something there, right? He figured... There is something there. Yeah, there must be... You know, like some poker players, there's some players have a tell. There must be a tell that they has got, and Belichick just knows it, and the rest of the league doesn't necessarily and, know.
1: and I think a huge component of that falls on the fact that they really only have one running back, and that's Austin Eckler, and then there's a running back by committee back there, a pool of running backs, that neither one of them have really done anything. And all week long, they were talking about how they need their RB2 to step up and, like, you know, separate themselves from that wolf pack of running backs and Austin Eckler said the same thing. He's like, look, I think up as a special teams guy. I just take advantage of every opportunity I was getting. So I are given. And so I need to see one of these guys kind of stand up, separate themselves because I, I can't be the only running back in this room. And we thought we saw a glimpse of that when Justin Jackson ran for that 75 yard touchdown and then he got Ooh. injured. So you've got to wonder if the charge is going to go in before the trade deadline and try and trade for somebody. I don't know, but big picture here is we also need to give some credit to this Patriots team who they're four and four now. They dug themselves out of a hole, basically. And they've they've looked like a much more complete team than we've been giving them credit for. I mean, their defense has really been keeping up with every team that they've been playing. They've really they played up to the bucks. They almost beat the bucks. Sure.
0: No, you're so right they up. They might Sorry. be the best
1: team in the NFL. So
0: this was their first win against a non-rookie quarterback this season. So there was a bit of a wait and see exactly who they are, but this is a yeah. big win for them. And this is something that they can now take. I mean, Mac Jones, this is another one to say that experience I'm now better for. And I'm the one who said it after the Bucks game. That there are no good losses and I still stand by that, but maybe that was a glimpse of who they are. Well, Taylor, look for, from that game, I, we have to talk about, what happened later in the evening because look nobody has said more about Prescott anywhere perhaps than than me and you and in a game that looked like the Cowboys would certainly take a step back without Dak Prescott I asked you to explain what happened with the Chargers could you explain what's going on that Minnesota loses a game at home where they've got the Cowboys and Cooper Rush? And what?
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind here for a second because I have been saying how complete of a team I feel like the Cowboys are since I saw them play. What was it, week two, week two or week three in Los Angeles? They are the most like dynamic team I think that has come to LA to play the Chargers. They've got they've got it all on offense. They've got Dak at quarterback. They've got a strong running game with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And then look at their receiving core. You really can't ask for that much more. And then we saw what their defense was able to do against the Chargers. This team looks so complete, and if there's any way to demonstrate this or illustrate this or put this on a you know platter, it was the fact that Cooper Rush, who is Cooper Rush exactly, went in there and played the game of his life. And it kind of shows that it isn't just a fluke that these Cowboys are that good.
0: No, Taylor, you're right now. So it was week two that you saw them pull up 2017 win in LA in, in a game that we thought the Chargers sort of gave away. But again, that was the Cowboys going in there and, and stealing that game. And I would say what happened in Minnesota on Sunday night felt like stealing a win from the jaws of defeat because the Cowboys also made stupid penalties to give the Minnesota great field position towards the end of that game as the fourth quarter is yeah. And then when it seems they're just gonna ho hum, hum, kind of wilt away into the night. Third and eleven. Cooper Rush and Ezekiel Elliott come up with the play. Yeah, that
1: was that was like the Ezekiel Elliott. It gets deserves to be paid everything he's paid just that play alone.
0: That changes everything. And then all of a sudden, Cooper Rush feels like, oh, maybe I can do this. And then he's hitting Amari Cooper in the back of the end zone like he's done it 60 times in his career on
1: the run. By the way, for one of those huge big plays that he
0: had and then then defensively and then look at what minnesota is able to do with 50 seconds to go nothing because dallas is all over them defensively so yes we had said we had been pretty high on the cowboys i've obviously been very high on Dak. i had told you that the cowboys are going to run away with the nfc east i think the cowboys are going to win 12 games i just thought sunday night this game. Felt like theirs to lose. And it would have been acceptable to lose. Minnesota needed the game to keep peace with Green Bay. And Dallas is in there. It's one of those where Dallas is going to have the NFC handed to them. They don't need the game. And yet they go in there and show no, we are the complete team here. Sorry. See you later. And and in a a game where they, frankly, weren't even at their best and obviously didn't have their best at quarterback and yet got everything they could ask for out of Cooper Rush. I I will say one other thing, Taylor, and I want your opinion on this. How about for the Bengals, who you obviously keep a close eye on? Mm -hmm. The way that division played out on Sunday with with, with the Ravens on a bye, that division played out incredibly well for Baltimore, including something that happened in New York, we were just uh-huh. talking about it Super Rushed. I really couldn't believe what I was seeing today with Mike White throwing for 400 yards against the Bengals. Yeah, like,
1: and coming back, Mike to White score. deserves a freaking trophy. But I will say, I think a part of that game was on a bad call. I think we all know which one I'm referencing. The, you know, targeting helmet to helmet helmet, or yeah. So look, I'm not going to dwell on a cl- call that ended up being positive for the Ravens because obviously I'm, I'm okay with it, but. Ultimately, I do think that that was a, a call that almost swung, which which team was going to win. But no, not trying to take credit away from uh, Mike White and what the Jets did. I don't think anybody saw that coming. So yeah. I, I mean, guess it just it shows us that we still absolutely teams. know nothing.
0: There's not. We know we nothing each week. Each week we know nothing. We keep saying it. And look at the tie, Look at the Jets. They beaten the Titans and the Bengals. Good for them. Okay, I mean, let's talk
1: just... about the Titans really quickly. I cannot keep my eyes off of them right now. I feel like they. Are kind of like this silent horse because they didn't start off that strong. And now they're just destroying these teams one by one. And they're not just like pushover teams. We saw no, what they did last really week, the week before. And then against the Colts, who are darn good. I mean, that was a game that I think everybody was, it was a coin toss as to who was going to win because they are sure. kind of yeah,
0: structured and similar. And certainly in Indianapolis and the trajectory that Carson Wentz was on. Carson Wentz's last few games, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, he's coming into that game riding high. He looked as much like 2017 version of Carson Wentz as we've seen certainly since that moment. And
1: yet... And they both had the top two rushers, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry.
0: Taylor's been unreal this season as well. And Indy was in position certainly early to win that game and then late in a tie game. I've obviously got a soft spot for Carson Wentz and Frank Reich with what happened in 2017 in Philadelphia but that is an inexcusable decision and play by Wentz from his own end zone with a minute and a half yeah. left game that by the way just check it out Indy's going to miss the playoffs this season, Taylor. And and we had, we had made our predictions, and I had snuck Indy in there. I thought they were going to do something interesting this season. Indy's going to miss okay, the playoffs. It's only it's still very early. No, no, no. You know what they're going to point to? I'm sorry, you can't get swept in the division like that because their path is likely going to be to win the division. They had a that's shot. A great point. You know, if they're able to split with Tennessee. That's a major difference, a massive difference. And for Wentz, like I said, to have come in with his last games eight touchdowns and no interceptions and then to throw one critical one at the end of the fourth quarter and then of course in overtime that is going to come back to be the game the moment that india is saying we were this close and it just didn't happen all right taylor before we go just a a quick breath we've run through so much but i I know we we have to say this because so you want to marry my daughter yes i do so do you hang out in the hood all the time or do you just come up here for our food and women? This January. Your family, my family. I don't know how this is going to work. I like okay. your braids. Thank you. Exhibit head braids. Jonah Hill, Lauren London, David Duchovny, Nia Long with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Eddie Murphy. What's up with white coos? Am I white guys? Well, I'm not. What? You People, directed by Kenya Barris. Rated R. Now streaming only on Netflix. Brady. Brady lost. Lost again, and 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 the game against the Saints, it, it certainly brought us all back to last season, or at least last regular season. What
1: is it about Sean Payton and the Saints just having Tom Brady's number? I don't understand it. They beat them in both regular or in the regular season last year. Yeah, of course the Bucks beat them in the playoffs when it really mattered. But again, it's a game where you rarely see Tom Brady just
0: not making big plays and not able to. And by the way, look at a defense. the defense, Taylor, and, and then go back and look at the number. Brady actually had a really good game. He again, he's again stuffing the statue. Brady looks incredible out there. He's still throwing the ball all around the field. He's got touchdowns and yardage. He's he's by the way, look at all the major categories for quarterbacks right now. Tom Brady is at the top, and again, again on Sunday in a game where he's going to be most remembered for throwing a pick six with the game on the line. He still had an incredible game yet again, but what is it about the saints and in a game again where the saints lost their quarterback Jameis winston and there they are the yeah, that, that injury looked brutal honestly i felt for him and the saints by the way are completely in, in the nfc playoff picture i mean the, the nfc playoff picture especially because of what happened with minnesota on sunday night the saints right now would actually be the sixth seed in the nfc based on what just happened there They're, i mean who know the saints were are five and two here but but taylor the question. What did the Saints do
1: now? Because if James Winston's out with what looks to be obviously this is not confirmed or we do not know this for sure. But if you're just looking off that injury, it looks to be a season ending knee injury of some sort.
0: And that's like true.
1: knee so- something something's not yeah, it did not look okay. It didn't
0: look good at all. And by the way, maybe 375 and four scores, just again, a tip of the hat, despite the, the pick six there at the end. But Taylor, you're right about the Saints. So if there's no Jameis, and by the way, you know, Taysom Hill didn't play again on Sunday, so we're not sure that that's the answer right there. Simeon certainly didn't well enough, but the Saints, with the trade deadline looming, feel like the kind of team, maybe Flacco, again, just give him another call. Hey, I know we just sent you up to New York, but we went from Philly to New York. And then maybe now... Maybe New Orleans, Flacco. I mean, someone else that obviously uh, I think of. Yeah, up. no, that, his, his, like, that crossed my mind as well. Maybe Foles, by the way, Foles is doing nothing in Chicago watching Justin Fields. That's another one. That Trubisky. would be a possibility. Your guy, Trubisky, is, is hanging out in Buffalo. Yes, I don't you know. I, I mean, that, those are all certainly interesting. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like New Orleans at 5 and 2 has a chance now to solidify that if they lose the
1: Yeah, I can think about that one. Okay, I'm going to throw out a crazy one. Not saying it's going to happen. But he was asked to it tonight on the NBC broadcast. What if Drew Brees came back?
0: You know what? Why are we even throwing any other names out there? <laughs> you, you are just, how how just, fun would that just, be? You know what? You just keep saying it. And, and I'm going to
1: manifest it.
0: Now just let that fall into existence. And And by the way, how perfect, Taylor. Because he doesn't have to... He doesn't have to endure training camp. This is what Favre always said, yeah. right? I play all the time, I just don't want to practice and go to training camp. So, so now Breeze doesn't have to go to training camp, doesn't have to go through preseason, doesn't he even have to in, go, through, gets- go through seven games now, and and now gets to come in for a playoff push the rest of the way and obviously knows the offense, knows the personnel, knows the coaching staff. just hand it over to him. That's brilliant. And by the way, and maybe, maybe, they even let Jameis come back and take it over. Wouldn't that be great? Let Breeze take it. Let Breeze take it. Yeah. Five, four, five games. I mean, let's see what
1: to keep them above water. Keep them in the playoff picture. Okay, All that so I'm to saying is that if this happens, which I would absolutely love it, please let it happen before Thanksgiving because I'm covering the Saints Bills game, and that would be so fun.
0: That, look, just, We're gonna
1: manifest this, Sam
0: you are you're right taylor you know let's just let's just keep saying it you you said it first let's just keep saying it breeze 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 you know this is that opening